You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 60s Reboot Podcast. I'm your host, Matt D. And to lend his commentary expertise on all things Batman is Randall Sylvie from the Grawlix Podcast. Hey, Randall. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Matty D. Thanks for having me. So, folks, tonight we're going to be doing our first commentary episode, and I've asked Randall to come along with his Batman expertise to talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to comment on. So, Randall, you want to reveal the cat in the bag and let us know what we're going to be talking about this evening? Okay. First off, I don't know what kind of expertise necessarily I have for it, but this is a movie that uh, I used to watch as a kid over and over. Um, so I'm very familiar with the movie and the show. Uh, we're watching Batman, the movie from 1966. Yep. Yeah. 1966. And you know what, folks? We're going to get in our Wayback Machine and we're going to go to July 30th, 1966, exactly 55 years ago for Batman, the movie, in Austin, Texas. Doing research on this, I realized that I learned that they premiered this movie in a specific city at this time. And I, I wasn't sure why. But apparently, a lot of the money came from a company that is stationed in Austin. Yeah. I had. Uh, do you want to get into that a little bit now, or? I uh, no, we can we can save it for, okay, for okay, the commentary. Okay. If we don't want like fifty minutes of just us watching the movie, <laughs> right? Okay. In that case, interesting. I wonder why. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Randall, you had already said that you had seen the movie since you were a kid. When was the first time you seen the Batman sixty six movie? I honestly, I, I could not tell you when the first time was i used to watch the tv sh- series when i was a kid and no not during its initial run i'm not that old uh it would have been during the 80s at some point um i, I so i used to watch the show a bunch and in fact i rewatched this of just a, f- a few years ago for the first time after a long time and there's a lot of the movie that i didn't like i hadn't separated from the series so like i'm not sure when I first watched the show versus the movie, but the stuff in the movie, I know I've seen a hundred times and it reminded me specifically of my grandparents' house, which might be a weird thing to say, but it makes me think that it's a, one of the, cause they had a bunch of like VHS, they used to record movies off cable all the time. <laughs> so I feel like they probably had this on tape and I just would watch that every time I went over there. So, uh, as a, as a wee lad, <laughs> Well, you know, that's that's part of why I like this 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 particular movie so much is because the first time I remember seeing it was at my grandmother's house and she had those the old tube TV council sets, you know, the ones that uh-huh. were made out of wood, man. And um I remember watching it on uh, it's it's kind of it meshes in with the TV series a lot, a lot for me as well. So yeah. it's like was this the TV show that I seen or was this the movie? So as as time got by, I realized what which was the movie, which was the TV series. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of elements in each. They just kind of like blend together. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, if you're ready, go ahead and grab your copy of your DVD, um, or your digital download 
And if you want to sync up in three, two, one, go. All right. 20th Century Fox logo. That's a nice logo. Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah, this it's pretty interesting. Like, you know, something I should do sometime, and maybe I should have done it before recording this episode with you, would be to grab a DVD or grab a few episodes of the series and then also the movie and directly kind of compare, if nothing else, production. I mean, obviously, being a movie, they had more money to throw into the production of this. But I want to feel like thinking about... TV shows that all became that movies, you know, that had movies made after them. This meshes together like the feel and the look of the TV show more accurately than most, you know, I don't know. It feels like most of the time when they try to do a movie based on a TV show, it's like, well, let, this is a movie. We need to make it look huge and glossy, like, you know, do things that we can't do on the TV show. And I'm sure there's some degree of that. But really, this could like like i said it meshes together it could just be an extended episode of the tv show yeah you're, you're right i mean it definitely feels that way i mean watching it it's in widescreen but right you know the, the old 16 by 9 tvs it, it was fit it fit well into it it had the same feel as the tv series um you know and what's what i think is kind of an interesting little fact is that this was the first time ever that a dc property was made into a, a feature film also, something I, I discovered is, I'm, and I believe this still holds true, this is the only Batman film under two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I seen that today. I was like, oh, that's, wow, okay, that's funny. You know, and I think it's the only Batman film where he doesn't go, I'm Batman. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, after, after the 1989 Batman, that became a, a, a requirement. <laughs> it's a staple. You know, I got to say, watching this, it's definitely a very, very budget-friendly intro. <laughs> right. Bright-colored spotlights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And maybe once we get into it, I'll be wrong. But I feel like the lighting is its the same kind of lighting. Not, not this intro, but the movie's got the same kind of lighting as the show did for... Uh, Right. I mean, this this looks a little. I mean, maybe that's stock footage, but this looks a little <laughs> bit more uh, higher budget than just the show, I suppose. Yeah, it, it's definitely a lot brighter too. I mean, right? Got to throw the lady in there, yeah. Because otherwise, everyone could be gay. <laughs> I feel like that's the. I I think that's why she's there. <laughs> you know, she can't have that many. What? What? Why people were so afraid about their characters coming across gay? What were people worried? Just like, I don't know if there's two or more men in one house and no women, it's got to be gay. Like, is that the, the is that the thought process? It must have been. I mean, it's 1960s. Or it's the swinging sixties. Who knows? Who knows <laughs> what's going on in that in that mansion? That's um, true. You know, we just seen the scene where they come sliding down the pole and they change from Bruce Wayne to Batman, and they had that 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 switch. Uh huh. That's like the only time I remember seeing it 
is in this movie. Oh, right. Right. In, in all the episodes, they showed them going into the library wall and then coming out and they were always in their costumes. That's a good point. You know what? That's, that's some of the movie budget right there. They actually have some visual effects to, to play with. Yeah. We're going to have you slide down this pole and just flip a switch. And then suddenly you're in your costume. And the bat copter. Was the bat copter unique to the movie? Cause I know the bat boat, uh, was invented for the movie. Yeah, both the Batcopter and the Batboat were invented for the movie, but they they did they did end up using the Batcopter a couple more times, but they only mm. used stock footage from this movie. They like, <laughs> like oh, to the Batboat or to the Batcopter and then they showed them like pulling up to the Batcopter and then flying off. Oh, that's funny. So. You know, that should have been they should have filmed so much B-roll, just extra stuff while making this movie. <laughs> She's like, this is going to be half of the next season. <laughs> Man, the old Batmobile. And of course, the 60s Batman has to have a fan club. All those females sitting up there waving at him. Oh. What a weird, like, what? Okay, so they're up there so that Batman can see them. But like a bunch of chicks in bikinis on the rooftop of a building. Like, I would not expect them to be in bikinis up there. What are they doing? I, I didn't see a pool anywhere. <laughs> I, I wonder if there was supposed to be a pool and they're like, oh crap, we got the wrong building. Let's just put them on the, on the helipad and just have them wave. Yeah. That definitely seems like maybe that was supposed to be a beach shot. And they're like, well, we, we can't fly by the beach today <laughs> or the beach is too expensive. Just put them on that building over there. We forgot <laughs> we could fly all across town. You know, the one thing I love about the campiness of, the, of this show or the movie uh-huh. is just the amount of bat stuff they have. Everything's bat themed to a ridiculous extent. Yeah. Like th- this device that, that Robin's holding right now, I think it's supposed to be like a bat radar. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> oh, it's wait, so wait. funny. This is my favorite, my favorite bat theme thing. The bat ladder. It's and it's oh the labels and it's labeled bat oh, ladder. Oh, I forgot about. But why? What makes it a bat ladder other than the label? It's just a ladder. <laughs> it doesn't have bat wings. There's no there's no little bats carved into each little hand wooden handrail. Oh man, you know what? I I kind of definitely take it back. They are going big because they start off right off the top. It's it's bat chopper. They're doing like a helicopter helicopter chase, chasing down a boat. Like they're 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 putting the money up on screen. All I right, mean, that's man. obviously not you know that the set shots are still obviously set shots, but uh, they do that in normal movies too. Yeah, or other movies. I just I want to know who the stunt guy was. Oh, set scene, and then we cut away, and it's uh. Oh yeah, stunt man. It's like okay, it's the 1960s. So if you're a stunt man, where's the OSHA harness? Right, because I, I guarantee you they're not like they're not CSOing out any green screen. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you know what? Rope. Now that you mention it, and I could, be, I feel like that's a stunt. They wouldn't even do a stunt man now. I feel like since the 80s was it 80s Twilight Zone movie. They don't mess with helicopters at all. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know they they they'll still still do crazy airplane stunts and stuff, 
with a stuntman dangling, but yeah, like <gasps> it vanished. <gasps> oh, now he's wait, wait, oh, wait. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, with the shark repellent, here it comes. <laughs> and and now you know why Jaws didn't use a rubber shark. It's amazing. <laughs> you can see, sorry, looking back at this, you know. <laughs> it's like styrofoam or something. Yeah. Or uh, some type of foam, and it's pinned against between his leg and the rope. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oceanic repellent bat sprays. Oh, he's got different sprays for different animals, huh? Yeah. So not only does he have shark repellent, he's got barracuda repellent, manta repellent. You, you got to be prepared. But wait, is it on autopilot now? Did they mention something about autopilot? Because yeah, I think he, I think he engaged the autopilot. Okay. What kept the stuff on the on their on their belts? That's what I want to know. Because he's just got the spray like attached to his utility belt, right? Oh, there's, hey, yeah, there's Dick Grayson doing flying Dick Grayson stuff right there. <laughs> That's character appropriate action. He does not look that suave about it, though. To be honest, <laughs> here's the can. <laughs> oh man, it's huge! Did it? Explode? And it does ex- shark explode? Shark exploded. What? Why? It's it's not an A team's A team episode from the eighties. And they and they said Batman never murder. <laughs> he never murders. There's several things in this that you know. That, Several iconic things that people think of when they think of the show came from this movie, like the shark thing. Wait, but why Why did... Where did a floating mine come from, though? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, World War II was, what, 20 years ago? So, you know... They might still have some floating mines out there on on the I coast guess. of Gotham City. It's funny how she kind of has a leopard themed dress on. Could huh. that be somebody? You know what you know what Batman's missing? Stereotypical Irish cop. <laughs> you know, reading the comic books, I never saw a Chief O'Hara. So. No, I don't think he yeah, to be honest though, that kind of surprises me. The comics eventually just writers mind maybe though, maybe they're like, no, no, he can stay there. <laughs> you know the only thing that this Commissioner Gordon's missing though is the Commissioner Gordon mustache. Right. 
Right. It's interesting because when I think Commissioner Commissioner Gordon, I don't think of this guy. But when I think Alfred, I do think of the Alfred from the 60s show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was kind of like an he was in a very iconic Alfred. Right. Yeah. And the Tim Burton movie Alfred's also. But like he the Tim Burton movie Alfred felt like a great follow up to this one. Well, gotcha. There's like 30 years between them, but still. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Ready for some another, another label? Just in case you missed it. Closed circuit TV. Look at it. I feel like if this was made now, I would hate it. And I definitely <laughs> went through that period of time where, as a kid, I loved it, and everything was labeled. I wonder if I even questioned that. <laughs> There's so many things in this where they're like the the creators. You could tell like it's a comic book, right? pow zip everything's labeled so kids know what it is and it's the 60s to be fair also comics were definitely directed at children at this point no yeah definitely so they were very so the comics were very campy um but i definitely had that point where i loved it as a kid and then the real Batman showed up <laughs> and then in 1989 tim burton's batman showed up and i was like that old Batman's a joke. This is the real <laughs> Batman. And for years, I was like forsaken, uh, you know, 1960s Batman. And then, I don't know, at a certain point, I revisited it. And I'm like, you know what? No, this is great. This is It's a different thing. It can be a different thing. There's there's a multiverse out, out there. It can be a different thing. <laughs> right, it's not right. Problem. And the performance, Adam West's delivery of every line, it's so funny. It is. It's it's very iconic. You know, and we kind of were talking in the middle of it, but they they were talking about who was behind this all, and they come up with the most elaborate reasons. It happened. (laughs) I know. It happened. It was at C. C, as in Catwoman. What? No. That shark was pulling my leg. It was the Joker. Wait, did he really say that? He really like, said that's that. A, that's a circumstance. Wait, so what? Did they stick the shark on him as a hint riddle? I, I don't. That's ridiculous. It is. But they make it work. <laughs> also worth noting, recast Catwoman. He just said it there, by the yep. way. The great Lee Merriweather. Did we miss a scene with them in the boat earlier? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I know. Well, I'll wait for that then. But I was reading a little bit about about her. Um, I don't know if you have. Let me check through this here. And then the cat just sits there. She says, scratch out its eyes, and it just sits there and stares at them. Uh, so, 
Julie Newmar played Catwoman in the series, but we've got a recast for the movie, which I think is the only recast. Well, there might be another. There's another later on because Eartha Kitt takes over playing uh, Catwoman, but I can't Wait. remember if she was really two and three. Or... Oh, right. Okay. Okay. In the series? Yeah, in the series. Right. Okay. Well, I know... Uh... This is Lee Merriweather, and I think the most common explanation is that Julie Newmar had other, uh, like, what's the word? Obligations. Other obligations, other film, other projects and stuff, so she was unable to. I also seen somewhere there was rumor that she maybe had a back injury at that time, and that was the real reason, but... I don't know why there's like rumors about it, you know. <laughs> it doesn't seem that like salacious. <laughs> wasn't cuz she wasn't sleeping with somebody. Nothing nothing salacious like, you know, a, ha- a Harley Quinn cartoon that's supposed <laughs> to be coming out where Batman is doing something inappropriate to Catwoman. Maybe as we slowly date this episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, Catwoman wouldn't throw her back out if if uh, Batman was a little bit more giving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're at the scene now where the Joker just brought in T to Commodore Smidlap. Is that the name? <laughs> Where did they come up with these names? And (sighs) the nice thing is they're they definitely overact the exposition too. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's so weird because it's this is one of the few times where I feel like it's so obviously trying for camp. Where a, a thing, a property, is trying so hard to be campy and just succeeding and not feeling ingenuous about it. It knows, <laughs> like they know they're being campy, but it doesn't feel di- like disingenuous. Uh, normally when something tries so hard to be like this, to be over the top and intentionally cheesy, well, let's label everything because comic books and, <laughs> you know, uh, usually they it, it fails so bad. Super fan, uh, super fine bat grain in parentheses on that label. Like there's <laughs> labels and then like qualifiers under it. Some of them. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah, everything is. You know what the bat cave is? It's it's an OCD's um, dream come true. Right. You know. Well, they used to do in the comics, and I I and you know I look through all the old Batman stuff. Uh, I, that and I always loved it where they would do like the diorama or the cutaways or whatever of the Batcave, and they would label everything. But it the point was just like it wasn't just how the scene was. It was an artist like I'm gonna do the Batcave and like here's all the cool little stuff in it. So I feel like that's probably where the labels came from. Somebody seen that and was like, why do they label everything? <laughs> like missing the point that. 
I mean, some of it, I guess, navigational aid computer so that they don't have to say it. Yeah. Or maybe there's like someone has a learning disability or something in the bat cave. Like there's something it's like there's got to there's some reason or somebody's hard of seeing. So they're like, wait, I got to have big labels. So I want to make sure I'm at the right machine. You know, I wonder if it's that that theory that, OK, the kids are going to know that if on this episode I'm over at this location typing on the computer and then I say it's something, but it's not. Maybe they'll catch on that. But if we label it all. Then I know to walk over to the bat computer on this monitor right, and type right. it up. Kind of like the reason reverse the polarity became such a thing in Doctor Who. It's because the third doctor, John Pertwee, would get this dialogue where they're like, give him all these like sciencey sci-fi dialogue, and he's like, I can't I can't say that. I can't remember all that. I'm just gonna say reverse the polarity again because that sounds cool. <laughs> Maybe it's the same type of thing. He's like, I can't remember all these like scientific computer names. We'll just label everything. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're onto the bat boat. Yep. I mean, God, how far we we've already burned through three bat vehicles. We're not half. (laughs) We're barely. And we're only twenty-one minutes into the into the movie. We've we've got our third bat vehicle, and we've been to sea twice. (laughs) Right. <laughs> they of course, the whole... it's the penguin sub. <laughs> oh, I love the flippers. Yes, the flippers. <laughs> so good. You know, I gotta say, the first time I ever seen Burgess Meredith was was in Batman, and then I watched Rocky, and I'm like, "That's the penguin. He trained Rocky. This freaking awesome!" <laughs> right, right. The, the, the penguin must be like a kick butt boxer or something. <laughs> but then every time you see the you see the Batman series, you're like, okay, well, he has an umbrella and he sends his henchman. He has, he hasn't swing, doesn't swing a punch, so you know when he swings a punch, he's gonna punch somebody out. Uh, the all the villain performances are so over the top, but man, they're fun. They're so good because they they commit <laughs> totally. Well, to a point, because infamously, the Joker has a mustache under that paint there <laughs> that you can see most of the time. <laughs> like, they, he, he committed to the point where they're like, okay, well, you got to shave your stash. Nope. I'm the Joker. Just, just paint over it. All right. So there's going to be a, 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 a cool little bit coming up. So here we see the periscope. This is my favorite shot right here, where we see through the periscope. Uh huh. Lips, man, they're shaped like lips. Oh, oh right. Because you're looking the... through the, the the penguin's mouth. Oh man. And you know, I realize that with modern times, everything's gotten smaller and more, you know, intricately built. But just right. the sub and everything in the sub is just so. Big. I mean, yeah. This might be the scene on the sub uh, because one little bit of information. It's got to be. There's no Catwoman in this scene. 
so uh, Lee Merriweather was cast after the movie started filming. Okay. They, I'm assuming they were like, maybe they knew they had to replace her, but they couldn't get a replacement for Numar right away. And so that's why there's no Catwoman in, in that first scene on the boat with the villains there. Um, they didn't have Catwoman yet. <laughs> they started filming. They're like, we still don't have Catwoman. But I think that's the only scene, at least the only one listed that I noticed where she probably should have been there, but wasn't because she wasn't cast yet. Gotcha. I did not know that. A set of silver powered lenses. I didn't know that lenses could be powered by silver. (laughs) You know, those are the kind of lenses you take pictures of werewolves with. I will say though, the Riddler, the, the Riddler is weird. The Riddler's so weird. I always found his, he's good. In fact, my favorite thing from this movie, I hope is later. I don't think we missed it, is something so stupid. It's just the body language of the Riddler. Like the, the, he throws something later, and just the way he throws it made me laugh so hard last time I watched this. When it comes up, I'll point it out. Okay. But his body language is so weird. He's always like wide stance, kind of hunched. <laughs> looks like he's ready to tackle somebody, even just standing there, just constantly ready to like jump or something. It's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you know, it's funny because in the entire series, you see him in the bodysuit. But then like the previous scene when they were in their their secret hideout, he's wearing like a very Riddler modern day comic book suit i'm like that looks kind of cool oh like a like a suit suit yeah like a suit suit okay i didn't even notice good interesting observation he's reversing the polarity yes see see everybody loves it (laughs) batman the third doctor fixes all things I want to know is how much how much money they put into explosions because we saw a shark explode yeah we just saw a missile explode oh wait here comes another torpedo and boom although that could have been the same shot it could have been I wonder if they did reuse it And I always find it funny that Batman states what he's using to to Robin to explain to the audience. And then, like, the penguin immediately knows, oh, he must be using the exact same reversing polarity cosmic doohickey. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the battery? Really? That it just coincidentally, the batteries are dead? What kind of battery powers this thing? Is it a nine volt? Right. You don't have a couple of extra bat batteries? <laughs> or would they just be batteries? Oh. <laughs> the problem is he took it out of the bat smoke detector. Oh, well in that's the bat cave. That that's irresponsible, frankly. 
So they show an empty buoy floating in the water. Wouldn't that have blown up too? Yes. <laughs> Wait, what was it? A dolphin hurled itself in front of the torpedo to save so them. So Batman's murdered two sea creatures now. <laughs> what is Batman's deal with this, uh, sea life? I want to know is where's Aquaman when all this is going down? Oh, he'd be so upset. <laughs> I love. Uh, I love, man. It's it's like the perfect kid show in a way because it's like oh, Batman. Grown men are just delighted. Everybody just <laughs> lights up. Batman. And now I'm helping Batman, so I'm going to sing a Navy shanty while I look for the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Not P.N. Gwen. Damn, that was my... and Gwen. <laughs> oh, he was scolded. But also like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who don't even leave their addresses. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to know that back in 1966, I could get a pre-nuclear submarine off of the uh, the surplus market. Right. With working um, nukes or <laughs> missiles? It's got to be pre-nuclear. They said it was pre-nuclear. Oh, you're right. And perfect, wow. Perfect Sans 30 or perfect Sans Surf. Font. Right. You know, looking at this, I realize that so far this entire movie for the last half hour has been one giant chase scene. But Batman and Robin aren't chasing anybody. They chase You're out right. on a bat boat. They chase out on a helicopter. They're chasing back to the commissioner's office in the in the Batmobile. <laughs> okay, that one got me a little. That's pretty funny. Where do they come up with these <laughs> answers to these clues? They're so nonsensical. And also, why would they tell them that? Why would that be the riddle <laughs> that Riddler's giving them? 
hey, we're working with Catwoman. She couldn't be here today for some reason, but <laughs> here's the riddle. <laughs> She's just signing her work. Right. Oh, he was right. <laughs> you know, it's it's always funny that everything that has to do with the criminal is just slightly slanted in the yep. frame. Yep. Those Dutch angles. You're right. Every time it's they do it specifically with the villains. I don't know that I ever caught that. I think it's to give you the sense that they're crooked because they're crooked. See, there's the suit. He's wearing a very nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a that is like a the spandex is it's a little weird, right? Like the bodysuit, but that is classic Riddler outfit. Yeah, it's like okay, this is my thinking suit. I'll use it when I'm talking to fellow villains, but when I'm ready to throw down, I'm gonna put on my full length bodysuit for like wrestling, right? So the acting is over the top, but I'll say the casting, like they look good. They look the parts. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. And I'm not saying the casting's bad because the acting's over the top. The acting's going to be over the top. But beyond that, like if this was a more serious tone, they still look good. Yeah, Joker, Joker. People have a different vision of Joker now, but he's definitely iconic. Oh yeah, for sure. This makes great radio just entertained by the movie. I was just thinking that I'm like, it's yeah, it's hard to like, (laughs) it's yeah, it's hard to not stop and listen, especially when the like villains are doing their exposition stuff. Yeah. I I think that's what made the show so fun to watch was just the very colorful villains. Yep. And you know, I just gotta, I gotta point this out. I find it funny that they, they all have their own bookshelf in the, in the background there. I don't know if you uh, noticed, and each bookshelf is labeled like jokes. <laughs> Clearly, that's for the joke. That's the that's the Joker's. Is, is there a rubber chicken and stuff on there? I bet there is, huh? Probably. And then there's riddles, and then the other one has penguin, and he's got penguin food. It's like a fish f- tank. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He really is it Kitka. He's not going to get it, huh? Yeah, apparently not. Uh, I come across some interesting trivia while uh, while Daddy West is getting his Mac on. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, uh, (laughs) so. I don't know how confirmed this is, um, but I found a link to a a picture of what appears to be like inter uh, like 20th Century Fox inter studio mail, um, and so 
Adam West uh, was paid uh, $100,000 for this movie to be in the movie. Originally, he had wanted a hundred, according to this trivia that I heard that I haven't verified myself. <laughs> um, you know, it seems legit. Uh, he originally wanted $150,000 to appear in the movie. And the studio, they, they, they weren't having that. So he said he would accept $100,000 $100, provided he was given a lead role worth $150,000 on a non-Batman movie the following year. So the, the next, basically the next between season break, essentially. And I don't know that they agreed to that. Uh, sorry, Alfred was on screen. <laughs> Alfred hasn't been given enough to do in this episode, in this show uh, movie yet. No, I'll he tell has. you that. We've only seen him once prior to this. And he was sitting on a cane chair. Oh, the flip the switch. So what, what was there oh, a movie that came out between okay. season two and three so with Adam? I West? don't, I don't know. But the thing that really fascinated me was this letter, um, which was from Owen McLean. I'm not sure what he is on there, but it was two, uh, Bill Dozer cliff, you know, like the producers and stuff of the movie. Right. I said, dear Dick talking to which one is. Oh, to Richard Zanuck Z- Zanuck. Um, this afternoon I received a final ultimatum from Adam West's representation. He advised me West will do the Batman feature for $150,000. And this is subject to his re- uh, reading the final script or so basically $150,000 and he gets script approval. Or he would like, uh, he would, let's see, basically an alternative proposal to do the Batman picture for a hundred thousand, providing we are willing to give him a firm commitment for a second picture to me, to me, to be made during the hiatus period of Batman television show next year at $125,000. The second picture cannot be Batman. It must be a picture starring Adam West above the title in first position of the entire cast. I advised Bill Dozer of this, uh, of these ridiculous demands. And he agrees that he would immediately start interviewing, um, actors to play the lead in the picture. We will, uh, advise something, something, any kind of, let's see. We will advise anyone we interview before they are interviewed that uh, the picture's cut off. Any kind of deal we make, we are to have both feature something, picture and television rights. Uh, We will probably start interviewing other actors for this role as early as tomorrow afternoon. We should also immediately start considering other possibilities for the role of Robin, since he too, something uh, make, I'm assuming start is starting to is making noises like the very top stars in Hollywood. So basically, if this is to be believed, I'm sorry, everyone, for my poor reading of that. Uh, If this is legit, basically, it sounds like Adam West and uh, Burt Ward were both like, we want more money. (laughs) We want more money or we want whatever. And they were like, 
start interviewing other actors. That is what really <laughs> fascinated me that they were even going to like, they didn't even want to entertain the, whoever this guy is, didn't want to entertain the idea. He's like, we're going to start interviewing actors. We're going to replace them because they're acting like, uh, prima donnas, you know, <laughs> obviously that didn't happen, but Adam West did make a hundred thousand. So I don't know about the follow-up movie or if they agreed to that. Looks like they'll have to be a deep dive, look into uh, some Adam West career stuff. Right. <laughs> See what other stuff he was doing in the 60s. You know, it's it's funny. They were showing right there, Alfred driving the Batmobile, following Bruce and Kitka. And he's just Alfred, but he's got a domino mask on. Under his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing his bowler hat. You can't forget. Oh, right. That's true. Wow. I had completely forgot about Alfred's costume. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what? Screw Batman. That's my favorite superhero. There you Alfred go. in a domino mask. <laughs> looking ancient. You know, I find it hilarious that Commissioner Gordon picks the phone up and he immediately knows that it's Boy Wonder and not Batman. It makes me wonder, is there a separate ringtone right, for each right. superhero? That's funny. Now, watching Burt Ward's performance there, it's it's interesting. And maybe if Burt Ward or Adam West had gone on to do other things that are like super well-known, Maybe it wouldn't have been the case or maybe because they were so like iconically linked with these characters. Maybe that's why they didn't get huge roles later, but I'm hard to press hard pressed to think of. There are uh, several actors, I guess that you could, that this is true of, but like actors so linked to their roles for in like a show that they did for three years, maybe Right. Three years tops. Yeah. Three years to the day they both died. They were Batman, uh, you know, 1966 Batman's Adam West and Burt Ward, Robin to Adam West's Batman to the day they died. Well, it's like look at Leonard Nimoy. He's forever spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many times they could recast the character. It's interesting. It's got to be. It's got to be frustrating, maybe, but. And and maybe there's not all that much money in convention appearances, <laughs> especially before, you know, pre. Definitely 2000s, but 80s, 90s, when fan conventions, I think, became oh, yeah. more of a thing. But, you know, that's a little bit of guaranteed income for the rest of your life. <laughs> you get one of those roles. Fun fact, I discovered this is free on YouTube legitimately. It's not like, I mean, it's not necessarily a rip. It's it's available on YouTube to watch on one of YouTube's like official movie channels for free. It's not HD and I don't know if there's going to be ads to interrupting it. So it's probably not the best to watch with this commentary, but it is on YouTube. Yes, it is. Oh, it was a fancy cat radio. Ooh. Meowing. It even sounds Morse. like, yeah. <laughs> Meowing Morse code. <laughs> 
Is that meow code then? Meow. I can't make it work. <laughs> I was trying to. It's yeah. I just can't get over the fact it's a it's a it's a cat themed radio, and she's clicking the tail like you see those classic Morse code uh-huh. clickers. You know, and I don't know when the League of Doom premiered in the comic books, but I like here how these four supervillains got together and they're called the Weird World Leader Organization of the Underworld or whatever. Not quite the League of Doom, but close. Right, right. Or the Legion of Doom, I'm sorry. And they are of the series... Well, to be fair, even now they're kind of the most iconic villains, but definitely of the series, they're they are the I think the four most iconic villains. Yeah, because they had other weird villains occasionally. Who did Vincent Price play? Uh, Egghead. Right, right. So there were other characters, yeah. but and you know, not a lot of those translated into the comic book. And there's some characters in the comic book that never translated into the, into the, um, the TV show. Right. Like I would have loved to have seen what are they writing? He's got a, um, Oh, umbrellas, giant rocket umbrellas (laughs) or something because of the penguin. (laughs) Oh, and the Riddler's binoculars has a question mark on it. Of course, for some reason. It's like what? What's the most ridiculous, obvious, cheesy thing? I bet it was fun to be a set designer or a prop designer on for this sh- movie in the show. Because on the one hand, it's easy. It's like, well, what do you do? Well, it's the Riddler. Put a question mark on it, of course. <laughs> but you get to make these stupid, ridiculous things, or if they're like <laughs> they're riding giant um, rocket umbrellas. What? <laughs> Okay, I guess we'll uh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> he's he's so into her. Yeah, you definitely tell us was this is geared towards kids because they're going they're going crazy over poetry, <laughs> right? You know, how many times has Batman and Catwoman been together in the in the in the series? You would think she would recognize his voice because he doesn't change it for Batman. Because it changes, no one else speaks voice. like him. Like, he's at least doing, like, a bad accent, right? Yeah. Oh, we don't get the Bow Biff Pooms in this, huh? Oh, is it because he's not in his Batman outfit? No, he's not in the Batman outfit, so you can't have oh, it. Oh, this is just a real fight. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's so uh, ridiculous. Why the the, th- the random thugs... Always are dressed like that, too. 
I want to know is why is it that clearly it's the Joker, it's the Riddler and the Penguin, but the Joker's wearing a domino mask also. Like, <laughs> if I put this on, no one's going to notice it's me, nope. even though I'm the most flamboyant looking super vil- superhero in the, in, or supervillain in the, in the show. Yeah, I've got the pointy nose and the umbrella and the, yeah. <laughs> he's like holding his hand yeah <laughs> to be fair like he looked like a very caring thug <laughs> don't, I don't want you falling off let me just let me just put you a little closer it looked like he, Batman up. just changed dates really Bruce Wayne and girl companion she doesn't get a name <laughs> she's the girl companion Most convoluted idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. He's <laughs> 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 just randomly in there, the penguin noise. Oh, wait, something's happening. Oh, I thought he was going to come up in, in a bat suit or something. So did I. What? Wait, what did he do? Why did he go behind that? I don't know. Was it for the fall? Like the, the stunt fall? Maybe. Swapped hmm. out the stunt double, but... So what's the deal with, like, why are they screwing with Bruce Wayne? Um, I think they said something about wanting to s- get him so that they can get his money. Okay, that would be my assumption, but yeah. I know earlier when we were talking, they were, they, they were, they were doing their classic exposition of if Catwoman dresses up as Kitka and seduces a millionaire, we could use his money in order to finance the device that they're using to eventually dehydrate everybody maybe i don't know it, it's, it might not be as convoluted as they, they were planning my idea that's not as conv- convoluted as what they would come up with yeah i was gonna say yeah they're yeah whatever their plan is it's ridiculous and convoluted and fortunately uh re- requires bruce wayne yeah fortunately for batman They didn't even change her eyebrows. She still has kind of a caddish looking eyebrows. So recently I had heard, and maybe it was because of all the 
Batman Catwoman talk lately <laughs> at the time of this recording. Uh, we're about a week, week and a half, two weeks out from that now. So it's kind of dead. But I kept hearing of the story about Adam West once got kicked out of an orgy for staying in character as Batman. <laughs> because he, <laughs> the claim, okay, I, I looked it up. According to Snopes.com, this is unproven. Okay. It's not debunked, but it's unproven. The claim is that actor Adam West was once kicked out of an orgy because he wouldn't stop playing Batman. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what would he... What would that even entail? <laughs> Quick, grab the bat cuffs. <laughs> um, Good thing I brought my bat condoms. Okay, so this actually... Okay, this is a story that actually did, confirmed, originate from actor Adam West... Uh, he wrote about the incident in his memoirs and has told the story multiple times in several interviews. Uh, however, West's co-star, Frank Gorshin, said he had no memory of the event. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so basically it's something West used to say, but I apparently they can't really confirm it. Uncle Maybe Adam was drinking a little too much one night and started making up stories again. I mean, from what I've heard, it definitely sounds like the kind of thing he would do. Because it sounded like... <laughs> wait, oh, who got oh, who got launched? Was it a... A henchman got launched and he got blown up. Murdered. Murdered. Into the waiting arms of an explosive octopus. So not only that... Because that's what Joker said. So not only do we have a dolphin, <gasps> a shark, and an missiles, octopus, a henchman, and an octopus. The octopus was the bomb. The octopus was the bomb. What does this movie have again? Okay, so it's that's so funny because that's a theme I don't think I've ever really thought about. The exploding sea life theme <laughs> in this movie. The writers, man, had some crazy ideas. What they need to, we need to go and make this, make another version of this movie, but from Aquaman's point of view, like it's just basically a 1966 Aquaman sitting on his throne down in Atlantis. And all of a sudden, like this fish comes up and says, Hey, you wouldn't believe what happened in Gotham Harbor. I mean, so I'm swimming along and all of a sudden Bruce is, is next to me and he chomps on this leg. And next thing you know, he gets blown up. So I picture Batman v Superman, but it's Batman v Aquaman, and it starts the same way where, but it's but yeah, the roles are switched where it's Aquaman swimming in and it's just exploding sea life, and it's a you know <laughs> like the beginning with a bat flick running into the city. <laughs> it's like this trauma inducing experience for him. <laughs> it's like you son oh, of a my bitch! Friend. Damn it! Curse you, Batman! He brought the war to us. <laughs> so I got to say, we've seen the Batmobile numerous times in the movie. Yep. 
and it's iconic through the entire series. It is such a really cool car. It is. It is for sure. You know, I, I, I can't think of, I mean, when it's, anyone says, anyone says the Batmobile, the first one I think of is that one. It's interesting. What they did interesting things with her eyebrows that I don't think I noticed before where they've got that extra anyway. Uh, There's like no other vehicles that really look like that design. Maybe that's for a purpose. It kind of has, or maybe that's for a reason. I mean, (laughs) but it has that like almost fifties sci like when fifties were like cars of the future and it's like all bubble dome glass and stuff. It's got a little touch of that. But yeah, it's it's a pretty cool design. I and you know I did a little a little bit of research on the Batmobile uh, when I first talked about uh, the Batman movie and the Batman uh, series. And it's really neat that they took a concept for Lincoln. It was like a '57 Lincoln Fortuna or Fortuna. Um, it was a concept car, and then George Barris just like said, "Well, I like the wings. I like the front. So let's just." put everything with bad on it and then throw some stacks on the back of it and some bubble. And that's pretty much it, huh? Yeah. Interesting. And of course the first person they got that was going to design the Batmobile took forever to do it. And then they started shooting the first season. They're like, Hey, we need a Batmobile. And so they like paid that guy off and then they hired George Barris and George Barris is like, well, pff, I got this thing here. Check this out. Wow. This sucks for that one guy, but you know, then again, maybe not. Maybe whatever he was coming up with or would have come up with wouldn't have been as, as iconic and nobody would even think about it. But yeah, it's definitely one of the most iconic cars, I think, in uh, entertainment history. It was, last thing on, on cars. Um, what's really neat is that the same guy that did that also did the, the, the monster the monster mobile or the monster coach. Right. And hey, folks, you can find out about that from my interview with Eddie Munster. That was just last episode, wasn't it? It was last episode. Oh, man. That's so cool. You know, I got to say, I do not want to be a henchman in any of the Batman series. None of them. Because, I mean, they just they just had what, eight of them standing in the line. And they just stood there and got zapped. This is, and I get that they can reconstitute them kind of. And and this is obviously, this is the other premise from the movie that I always mixed with up with the show (laughs) is just like dehydrating people or whatever, basically. It's it's like the powder is going everywhere. What happens if you don't have all the powder there when you go to rehydrate them? Or what if the powder gets mixed up and you put the wrong powder with the wrong thing? You just take all the henchmen and mix them together and get some horrible Cronenberg monster. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nightmare. That, That premise is actually like this whole like turning them into powder is horrifying. Running around the docks. The way he holds that batarang there was kind of funny. Yeah. I look how thin that rope is. I know. You know they had to do the sideways camera trick. Of course. 
Wait, they're on the same rope? Yeah, they're holding the he's, same rope. He's like right on top of him. <laughs> Batman's hands are literally like <laughs> between Robin's hands and his body on the same rope. What, that's so weird. Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> oh. You know what I always thought was funny is the way they made their capes look like they're falling down with gravity. Uh-huh. Because they just like took wires or something to stick in the... In the in... Right. Such a simple trick, but it's great. Yeah. And you know, they in the series, they always had some, some cameo. I always thought it was kind of cool. Like the one time I remember... John Aston from um, Adam's family, like opened a window up and, and looked out and said, what are you guys doing? Right. And then like later on, I want to say John Aston was the Riddler. Was he? Yeah. I thought there was like some episodes. I don't know if it was season one or season two or three. I'll have to do some digging. But yeah, I definitely remember John Aston at one point was the Riddler. Oh, here's here. Okay, so the shark and this, I think, are the two most well-known things from this movie. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. (laughs) How long is this wick? (laughs) I don't know, but the scene goes on for a while. (laughs) Plus, it was like ignited when they already got, already ignited when they got there. Yeah. I want to know is how many 4th of July volcano smoke bombs did they go through <laughs> right. to shoot these sequences? <laughs> there just happened to be two nuns walking this yeah, way. There's nuns, a woman with a baby carriage, <laughs> a oh, band. Look. A bat, a marching yeah, brand, band. brand. A little boy in a boat. <laughs> I'm yeah, you, over my head. You know what's more hilarious is when you think about the fact that Christopher Nolan in The Dark Knight... W- wait, what was the last one? Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Basically does this whole thing. Is how he like the big climax is Batman has to figure out how to get rid of the bomb, and <laughs> and he ends up he he doesn't really spoilers for an old older movie now ends up flying off and in, in the bat plane with it and exploding. But it's the same thing. I really think Christopher Nolan took inspiration from this movie for his <laughs> Batman. The ducks. <laughs> it's still going. Oh, he's dead. Oh, wait. What? I seen a bird go flying. Was it a bird or was it some other fish? It was probably. I was going to say what? The ducks aren't aquatic enough for you, <laughs> Batman. You can't murder the ducks. (laughs) 
<laughs> they may be alcoholics, <laughs> but they're also human beings. Maybe drinkers, Robin. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, you know, you go to a bar, you're trash. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear any of that? Uh, I got. I, got no, I don't know what he said over here. It's going. One second. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> at least they figured out. All right, it I'll was something during that. <laughs> See, you know the penguin's mistake here. What's that? He didn't put on a domino mask. And they were able to see through his flimsy disguise because <laughs> he they actually didn't fall for it this time. <laughs> well, my if he had is, a domino mask on. Does he have a monocle? Yep. Does the other guy have a monocle? The guy he's impersonating. And he's holding an umbrella. I mean, come on. Don't hold the umbrella. Smoke your cigarette without the holder. Of course, he would say, "Do you don't you have that exact same thing that you need to confirm my identity?" I also like he, how he takes the spray like, all right. <laughs> it's got a let's party look on his face when he starts getting sprayed in the face. Well, you know, Burgess Meredith was a was an avid drinker. He was, a par- <gasps> he was like a party guy. That still makes him a human. He's still a human being. Well, yeah. true. true. Yes, he is still a human being. <laughs> he might be riffraff, but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently in Hollywood, he was known as... Like, if you went to a Burgess Meredith party, you weren't coming home until, like, three or four days later. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, if you went to an Adam West part, uh, orgy, <laughs> you were partying with Batman that night. <laughs> until he got kicked out. Until he gets kicked out, of course. <laughs> how, like, how do you get kicked out of an orgy? <laughs> yeah. Unless he started accusing people of, like... <laughs> Don't do that. That's immoral. <laughs> Don't put that there. Is that That's... woman your wife? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad the drinking water distancer is clearly marked. So is that why, like, all... <laughs> Maybe that's why everything's labeled. They just let any old person in there to... Do whatever they want. Like, we got to make sure everything's labeled like a museum. (laughs) He had a lot of stuff hidden in his pants. 
What does the GP stand for? Is GP number one, two, three? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if they referred to them earlier. What did he think was going to happen? He just witnessed them all turn. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Yes, I could clearly surmise that from the heavy and light switch. And that's when Robin learned of death. <laughs> and that is the, the tone. That's very much the tone he had. You mean they won't be coming back? <laughs> nope. They're going to go on a farm. They're just live on a farm now with your parents, Robin. <laughs> so it's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll go visit them next summer. How did they know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Batman comes at me with that tone of voice. Uh, he just, another sniff of bat gas. And that's what got him kicked out of the orgy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on over here. I have this roofie if you want to. Be like, listen, it's an orgy. This is, a, we're all consulting to, or consenting to this, Batman. <laughs> Stop trying to knock us out. Well, I'm glad to see that the Batmobile has car trouble too. Right. Did they really think he was coming? I don't know. He came up with some convoluted idea as to why. Wow. Just because he brought henchmen. Clearly, world's greatest detective. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he showed up with henchmen proved that he was not Penguin, (laughs) (laughs) Batman. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen this. They're double-crossing him, and they double-crossed me. (laughs) Oh, and look, our fourth vehicle. He's got the sidecar for Robin. I forgot about that. Oh, man. You know, and I got to say, it's definitely (laughs) stunt doubles. (laughs) It definitely establishes that Batman has like a cache of equipment all over Gotham City. Well, you never know when, you know, anywhere he's at. That looked highly, I mean, (laughs) that looked highly suspect when it first disconnected and the camera cut pretty quick. (laughs) It looked a little, that looked violent. It didn't look like a smooth operation. 
<laughs> Somebody was eating eating pavement that day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What is Catwoman doing? She's scratching her back with a back scratcher. Oh, okay. I'm guessing like in a way a cat would scratch their back with a <laughs> back scratcher. <laughs> yeah, he definitely steals the show, Frank yeah. Ocean. He eats the scenery. He doesn't eat the scenery. He like swallows it whole. <laughs> and he's fun to watch as Riddler. I, not my favorite version of Riddler for sure, but as Riddler in Batman 66. Yeah, he's good. Whoa, there's some, there's some visual effects. <laughs> little scaling issue too. I mean, that, that missile looked like four times larger than the, than the back copter. Right. So do you think they actually turned the helicopter around on a gimbal or did they just use the <laughs> camera and go, okay, we're going to turn the camera. Yeah. They turned the camera. <laughs> Oh, I just down noticed on the periscope that where the Riddler's at, there's a question mark above his eyes. You're right. Well, you know, they can't be sharing the same <laughs> the same eye holes. It's inappropriate. <laughs> so they're spinning out of control. Oh. Oh. That that was quite the landing. Conveniently at the foam rubber wholesalers convention. I love the camera. The camera. <laughs> right. Yeah. When I love the camera shake happens. Like Batman's already taking his uh, seatbelt off as like the camera shake <laughs> happens to simulate them hitting the ground. Foam rubber in its crude form. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I don't know. Is when it, I think of that container for all the hopes of my future, I think of an egg. I mean, the future is fragile <laughs> and yokey. because <laughs> we ran out of vehicles so we're gonna run right they did yeah they ran out of vehicles i just so i don't know if they they, they took if rocky took that shot of them running through the city going oh hey they must have just like jumped out of the van and started running let's just do the same thing for rocky stallone jump out of the truck run for about a mile we'll pick you back up right right 
those slippers kill me. Even running, they're just like, yeah, no, running. We'll get some street scenes. That's like the same footage as if they were driving around the city. And it's just like, just run in front of it. You're tip top shape. <laughs> oh, I have to move the safety chain off in order to step out. You know, they got to be safe. <laughs> they are. They're like outrunning cars. <laughs> I don't know. This is ahead of its time. That's some. That's like a Black Panther action scene stuff right there. <laughs> Bucky's gonna come running up behind him. <laughs> Wrong universe, man. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, in that case, Batman's gonna murder a bunch of people with his Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> and again. The- Joker's wearing a domino mask. He's got mask. a purple domino mask, so he's on brand anyway. <laughs> What's the point? You're clearly the Joker. What did he say? Fine day for Penguin? I think so. Fine day for Penguin. <laughs> it's like the laziest <laughs> attempt. I, I kind of love that. That's great. <laughs> that umbrella gas rocket. <laughs> I wonder how many times they rehearsed them falling towards each other. Right. To make a perfect Eiffel Tower. With the gas, with the gas, I bet there were a, there was a flub or two. Yeah. Hard to see. All right, technical technical issue here. He just gassed the entire hallway, and there's still gas floating around, but yet nobody else in their group or him or, or the penguin are wearing gas masks to prevent well, themselves from, from smelling the gas. The penguin never did, did he, at all? He, like, sent the gas rocket through and then just ran right behind it. Yeah. I've known I've known people that have lost their minds and rhymed felt compulsed to rhyme like that. I think Batman, I think he's having a mental break. Man, talk about typecast or not typecast stereotype. Stereotype, like the most stereotype of every nation, like they could come up with. Yeah, and they're all too busy arguing to see like four people quote sneak into the room. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, at least they're like cartoony stereotypes and not like outrageously offensive. Yeah. It is still the 60s. It could have, it could be worse. Well, they showed West Germany and then they showed the USSR guy. And I, for a second there, I thought it was, was going to be East Germany. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It does, they just, ew, their water, I guess maybe it, it wouldn't be clear, but it was like yellowy, 
<laughs> gross. I also like their very colorful powders, different yeah. powders. I wonder if each color represents the different nation. Like, is the USSR one red? And then- right, I don't know. That's a good question. Batman's here and he's concerned about the hydration of the UN. <laughs> Somewhere around here, Joker throw or not Joker, Riddler throws something like underhand, and his body language is so funny. <laughs> That's the bit I mentioned earlier that. It was one of those things where I was watching because this was streaming on Netflix a few years ago and it's one of those moments where I reran it like three or four times and just laughed every time (laughs) just because it's like, why would he even throw it like that? But it's so funny. You know, I always find it, it's, it's always fiendishly. And the, uh, just the, the use of his inter- interesting adjectives when you describe something. And every, yeah, everything. <laughs> He's got to just, everything has to have a descriptor on it. Yeah, the writers were kind of all about some alliteration and stuff. And yeah. I guess maybe that's part of the uh, cheesy, the the campy dialogue. But I think they were reading Marvel comic books and like, oh, hey, the Stan Lee guy, he keeps doing these alliterations. Let's let's do that. It's a comic book, right? Right. No, oh, you know what? I bet you're right. Yeah, you can't. What do you? You can't tell Riddler none of your stupid riddles. It's the why are you working with the Riddler if you didn't want his riddles. You know he, that's what he's gonna do. <laughs> It'd be like, well, none of your stupid jokes. Stop laughing, Joker. Oh, don't don't touch Penguin. He gets real weird about it. (laughs) Well, she's cat themed and he is, you know, a bird. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's a good point. You know, I just think it's like, okay, so we have the Joker and the Riddler who are basically similar themes, you know, jokes and riddles. And then you have two animal based um, supervillains. So, of course, you know, each one's going to interact differently. You know, obviously the Catwoman and, and the Penguin don't, aren't going to get well get along too well together. Right.
Didn't he do that earlier? Yep. Oh, he oh he did. He, but he's the missile guy. He's the missile guy. He loves those. He loves those switches. He's like, yeah, I gotta go do the switches again. Oh, that's how he delivered his like riddle earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Batman's holding up the world's smallest bat binoculars, uh-huh. and he can identify that the nose cone has a homing d- device in it. Right. I've seen that stock footage before. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to keep the talking going. It's it's harder as the commentary tracks are interesting. Getting sucked into this, especially when he's when he's saying things like, I looked it up this morning that that missile has this particular, like, you just happen to be looking to, looking it up. Right. Why is he wearing headphones, too? I don't know. Okay, so what nautical animal have we destroyed now? Oh. It's probably a... Narwhal. <laughs> just, just watch Catwoman and Riller both like go up to the ladder, just like look super intense <laughs> and upset about it. Well, I mean, you sink it, they'll get water in there. Right? <laughs> and then they'll get rehydrated. That's right. In, in a sub at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> Again, folks, sorry, we keep getting wrapped up in this. I mean, it's just... right. <laughs> For as much camp, it's just, it's so fun to watch. So, Penguin does, did, bought bought this sub and then redesigned it in a penguin themed and then made sure everyone had like their own special uh, looking spot, you know, (laughs) themed for each villain. That takes time and effort and money. And they managed to do it all in between the end of season one. And the start of the movie. Right. <laughs> Which I want to say it was like three months of, of shooting. I feel like most of their plotting of these schemes have to go to coordinating outfits and props. <laughs> and we'll all get our own shelf. You can put your <laughs> jokes there, Joker. So if he supplied the sub, who su- supplied the um the uh hideout on the wharf? Huh. I'm not sure. Cuz the way the way I'm seeing this is that the the penguin is the one that's been fronting all the cash for this whole group to get together. Right. So 
He's like the Tony Stark of the bad guys. And I would say Riddler's a good idea guy. And the Joker's just the crazy guy you bring along and do stupid stuff. He's just like, well, we're going to let's put some mines in some fish. <laughs> Oh, I forgot he was on the sub. Right. Have we seen Biff Bam Pow it yet? No. No, and I bet they're saving it up for the big fight, huh? Must be. I mean, we're seeing some great animations here of uh, laser beams hitting the, the sub. Yeah, what is that supposed to be like? sonic blasts of some kind or something or is it just some nondescript laser i don't know i I missed what he what he described it as i'm sure it's like the bat sonar cannon or the bat right sonic cannon the third doctor may have a sonic screwdriver but he's at the bat sonic cannon right yeah rolls off the tongue too yeah bat sonic cannon <laughs> To be fair, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have guessed Penguin for the suicidal one of the group. To be honest, <laughs> so out of the four villains, would you say which which would you think is your your favorite? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I've kind of hate. I don't. I don't hate his performance in this or anything, but I kind of hate Penguin in general. (laughs) He's the most like, he's kind of the silliest at the same time should be the most serious because he's essentially just like a mob boss or something, right? Right, Uh, yeah. But like his gimmick is so weird. It's so goofy to me. For some reason, more so than Catwoman. Um, Either Catwoman or, man... Catwoman and Joker kind of seem most character appropriate to their comic book counterparts. Riddler is kind of fun to watch, but does not seem like, I feel like he's not the Riddler. I don't know what he is. He's just a madman. Yeah, I don't know. I got, I definitely have, here we go. There we go. Wow. Wap. I definitely have a soft spot for Joker. I'd say Joker or Catwoman, maybe Joker, but he doesn't do a lot of Jokery things in this movie, really, other than just laugh maniacally. Yeah. Oh, I think that was a Biff Bap. <laughs> I think in this movie, I I like the, I like the Riddler the most, just because of how overly dramatic and. You know, uh-huh. he's constantly chewing the scenes. I mean, it's, for performance, I think he's he's the best. He's so animated constantly. Yeah. 
and you know as an, as a villain in the show i the penguin's just the financier guy i i really don't get a whole lot off, off of them i mean yeah again like you said the the whole penguin theme thing it just seems right. kind of meh <laughs> he is definitely bankrolling it too because like they were writing on this penguin uh umbrella rockets earlier and the other villains don't have a whole lot of their own props, not compared to the penguin in this. They kind of give the penguin a lot yeah. to do in this. But I guess, I mean, they had like a spring box thing for the Joker earlier, but, you know, no giant punching gloves or anything like that. Or whatever it is the Joker usually uses. <laughs> I mean, at least with the Riddler, they had the the sky the sky riding riddles and yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the rockets, for the most part, that was all him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Plop. That cat looked legitimately horrified, and probably rightfully so. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I bet that's. Totally one of those sets that's just like a huge pool with a sky painting on the wall, right? Oh, yeah. It looks good, to be honest. Yeah. But I bet that's totally what that is. Oh, I can see the folds in the back. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you shouldn't... Joker's just trying to escape to the thing and get is not drowned and Robin's still just punching him in the face. <laughs> I feel like maybe you take it easy once you're in the water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did she just knock herself out? Yeah. Oh, and here's the reveal. <gasps> Kitka. And he looks at the camera. Uh, oh. Wow, okay. <laughs> they hold on this for a long time. Like <laughs> 30 play? seconds. <laughs> that was kind of amazing. It's like it's sad music fades up and he just holds on it. <laughs> you actually watched him die inside and then swallow it. Just it's fine. <laughs> I'm a man of the 60s. I can just stare off into space for 30 seconds and then just put on the handcuffs. Now I can go to that orgy I've always wanted to go to. Oh, now now he sees it. And now he's going to be careful. <laughs> Funny how they're all different levels, too. Right. Like the red and orange guys. What were they like? Super huge? <laughs> exceptionally big boned or something? <laughs> Oh, 
Cronenberg monster time. <laughs> and he like sneezed it. Oh god. Oh jeez. There's extra Cronenberg. DNA in there from his sneeze. <laughs> right. I like how they're wearing their uniforms and then they're wearing the lab coats <laughs> over the top of them. Over the uniforms, yep. And if they're in the Batcave, they're in the outfits. <laughs> it's just those two. They don't have to be in the outfits, but... He's having that phone call on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Not just TV, GC TV. Yep. All right, so my history is a little sketchy, but in 1966, was it Miller? Was it Nixon that was president? Oh, that's a good question. Because it sounded like he had a little bit of a southern drawl. And I'm like, I didn't think Nixon had a southern drawl. Oh, I bet it was Johnson. Yes. Lyndon L- L- B. Johnson. Robin's all about. So he's like, we need to genetically modify these world leaders. <laughs> Come on, let's play God. We have them all in little glass tubes. That's super funny. I'd, gosh, yes. I find it funny that he actually has a super molecular dust separator. Separator, right? And you know so, how I know that because I read the freaking label, man. <laughs> so. Did they just have that or did they have to invent that? And how long of that process, how much of that process was printing out that sign? <laughs> That's a nice sign. It is nice for sure. That's not a cardboard sign. That's, that's metal. Yeah. It's like brushed metal. This is fancy. They're all kind of the same level now, so some people are getting a little extra. <laughs> Robin screwed it up because he, he genetically modified them because they're now all level. That's fascinating to me that he had that thought. Like, <laughs> there's an alternate universe where 66 Batman's Robin becomes a mad scientist supervillain. <laughs> They are ready to rehydrate. So all those millennials out there who tell their kids, hey, don't forget to rehydrate. Don't drink because you're thirsty. Rehydrate. That's the, that's the whole moral of this movie. Yeah, you got to <laughs> keep, keep hydrated. You know, I find it funny that they can't just have the phone sitting on a table. Chief O'Hara has to hold the phone for Commissioner Gordon, who's holding the phone. Right. I think I missed the bit where the Riddler threw a thing. Oh, it's the best part of the. 
the movie. <laughs> you were even going to point it out to me. I know, I know. Maybe it was the very beginning and I didn't, I overlooked it. Oh, well. Everybody, anybody listening is probably like, this guy's crazy. What are you talking about? Riddler <laughs> throws a thing. Anybody get got this far through the movie listening to us with all the breaks and everything? Congratulations. You get a gold star. Email me for your for your point value at 63boot.podcast at 63bit at gmail.com. <laughs> Wait, what was that again? I said, if you want your point value, it's what those stars mean for getting through this far. Email me at 63boot at gmail.com. You sound like you sound like I feel. It's like I'm winding down a little bit. It's very important they use light water soft. <laughs> it went through the it went through the uh, water softener. <laughs> it's literally just a garden hose and an actual like garden water faucet. <laughs> I find it. He, he very stoically says, "Turn on the water faucet." It's a pretty elaborate water filtration system they have set up there. Yo, yo. What's the tank for, I wonder? Do they, <laughs> I mean, look how small that water container is, too. I mean, do they have enough water to distribute it amongst all these little graduated right. cylinders? What happened to the equipment that was in the chair? Do they now have little uh, <laughs> test tube holders jammed up their butts? Because <laughs> they just boom, boom, zap back in there <laughs> mid-argument. I like how That's, his translation, success, success, success. It, like we wouldn't know the translation by just saying success, success. Right. I could have mentioned, but um, a sequel is planned, but... Uh, didn't happen, obviously. Fortunate. Uh, in the sequel, they wanted to introduce introduce Batgirl, but you know they got around to that in the TV show eventually, anyway, and added her to the credits. Batgirl got her own little addition to the like opening. Was it an animation? Was it? Yeah, it was like a little animation sequence, like stop motion kind of thing. Yeah. And what's funny is the show is actually what introduced us to a Batgirl. It was she wasn't in the comics before that, and then the show created her. Oh, is that for real? Yeah, the comic books caught up to to, to her. I did not. I mean, maybe I knew that at one point, but that actually really surprises me. Okay. Oh, the, the voices are all switched around. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, close enough. <laughs> See, now, Robin suggested it. It was a bad idea. But then it actually happened. Batman's like, well, who knows? Maybe it was a good idea. I'm just finished. I out here before we get in trouble for what we just did. Out the window now. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's so funny. That's clearly like we effed up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get out of here before anyone wants to fix it. <laughs> so yeah, Robin suggests it, and he's like, "No, that's that's be wrong." Batman f's up and does it on accident. Only like 
not with a specific purpose. Robin was at least like, let's improve them. <laughs> the I living just, end. Yes. Question mark. That's interesting. <laughs> and the wonderful cast of characters. Characters they were. Or they yeah, are. That's that's good stuff. Like it's 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 a pretty good translation of like taking what makes the show the show into a movie and kind of keeping the pace up the whole time. Yeah. It definitely it was definitely something from the sixties. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it it like you said in the beginning, it definitely feels like a, a continuation from the from the TV series right the big screen. And I never saw it on the big screen. I've only seen it in snippets on regular TV as what felt like a regular part of the show. Mm -hmm. I know. Okay. So when it was released in the theaters, the, the week of July 24th, 1966, it was number one for its opening weekend, but only one weekend. <laughs> um, it, it grossed. Two million three hundred fifty-eight, two million three hundred fifty-eight thousand three hundred eighty-five dollars on a budget of what we'll just say one point about four million. So it made a profit for sure. It, it was not a failure. And that was that was nineteen sixties money. So translates yeah. that's that's like what in-game money. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I <laughs> sure we'll say it's pretty close to end game money. I don't know that it was necessarily in 1.3 sil 1.4 million dollar budget. I mean, they so they put some money behind it. Yeah, I mean, they had to pay for the sub. They had to pay for <laughs> right, right. Numerous. You know what? And you didn't see it at the end of the movie, but there should have been a disclaimer saying that no fish were harmed in the making of this movie. Because we know that wasn't true. <laughs> they murdered him. <laughs> they murdered all the fish. There's calamari uh, all over the bay in, in Gotham City. Oh, also the movie was, I don't remember if you had mentioned this, was originally intended to be basically a pilot for the TV show. It was originally like intended to set up the TV show or be like, here's a movie, let's make a TV show, I guess, which is, I don't know, weird, but it then... They didn't need it, and they just made the show anyway. That's a weird... I don't know how that works. Yeah, that, that is kind of weird. I do know that when they were talking about making it, like, William Dozier came with the idea, but then they just they said, go for it. They didn't even, like, shoot the pilot. Oh, like, maybe that's the thing. Okay, so maybe that's the thing, because, yeah, serious... This is from metv.com. Uh, series creator and producer William Dozer wanted the film to be the first introduction to his vision of Batman as sort of a cinematic pilot. Um, however, 20th Century Fox was not willing to gamble on a movie release, the cost of which the studio would have had to cover entirely, instead opting for a TV show. Interesting. So he wanted to do the movie, and they're like, ah, that's too expensive. How about a TV show? <laughs> Hey, that's okay. Can you picture this though on its own without the TV show already being a thing to set it up? Because there's a, I mean, not that that's, there's a lot of legwork you have to do and people know Batman, but 
this is the first live action Batman things. Well, no, that's not true. There were serials. Right. Of that era, I'll say. Um so they don't have to set up Alfred or like anything. You could just jump right into it. Right. Do you think it would work as well if the show wasn't already an established thing and and a successful like popular show at the time? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to say no. I think yeah. that the show kind of set up a lot of a lot of it. I mean, if you were going into this fresh eyes without all that history, I know first thing you'd ask is who's that old lady that was sitting. She's barely there, huh? Yeah. Yep. She's, she shows up in one scene. Um, why is everything labeled? You know, why does everything feel so campy? You know, they don't have any of the back, the backstory to, to any of the uh, characters, you know, the movie was definitely something that came, had to come in after the first season, or yeah. at least after the first maybe block production block of, of episodes. Right. And I feel like if anything, maybe the show, even if the show just dumps you into it, it's a show. It's not, it's what, 20 half an hour maybe. And then it's got some time to grow on people. Right. Unless it was like an instant, like huge hit. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think the movie benefits benefits from that when they're like, yeah, no, we can open with a uh, bat copter chase uh, and shark repellent and exploding <laughs> shark. It's fine. Nobody, that's Batman. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it definitely benefited from the tone, at least being established already. Yeah. If nothing else. You know, you, you mentioned um, I mentioned a sequel. Have you seen the um, the cartoons? It came out to be the sequel to the the Batman series. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Have you heard of heard of them at all? No. So back in 2016, Adam West and Burt Ward lent their voices to animated films. Right. I had heard of this and I, I've never watched it. I forgot about them. I wanted to check that out. Well, you and, and the listeners go check out those two films. One is, uh, Batman and Robin, the Cape Crusader, and the other one is Batman and Robin and Two Face. And interesting. The 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 second cartoon movie, the Two Face one, introduces William Shatner as Harvey Dent. Okay. So, okay. So you get Captain Kirk doing the voice of Harvey Dent. I, I haven't seen that one yet, but I did see the 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 one cartoon, uh, Batman and Robin, the Cape Crusader. They got they brought back Adam West to do the voice, Burt Ward. Obviously, you know, Commissioner Gordon passed away and and um, right. Police Chief O'Hara. But it just, it visually and listening to it, it sounds just like a classic 66 uh, cartoon. I remember hearing about it when I remember seeing like early stuff before it came out. And I was like, oh, awesome. I want to see that. And then I just never did. I never watched them. <laughs> um, so... Adam West and William Shatner in a thing. How did they get through it under four hours with so many dramatic pauses <laughs> between every line? I don't know, but when I watch it, I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Randall, is there anything else you want to talk about for uh, Batman 66 before we wrap this up? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It was fun to revisit this. Uh, I think we did okay keeping the conversation going until... Certain parts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think later it be, I think it became clear later as we got further into the movie that 
we're just kind of watching it at times. <laughs> yeah. I think we did okay. Hopefully your listeners are actually going to like sync it up with the movie. Yes. I, I hope so too. I, right, I, I mean, if you're sitting here, folks, and you're listening to this just flat cold, go back, sync up to the movie. It's fun watching this. I love going back, watching some mm-hmm. of the classic 60s television shows and, and being able to comment on this. And I, I, I really appreciate you joining me tonight, Randall, because right. it's kind of nice to be able to talk to somebody about the movie as it's being played. That end is legitimately funny. I feel like that joke, it's almost subversive. They're just like, <laughs> uh, the window. Let's go. <laughs> That's so good. That's legitimately a great joke. Well, thank you. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you inviting me on. It's It was good fun revisiting it. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Well, folks, if you've enjoyed this show and you want to hear more from the 60s Reboot Podcast, come check us out at the emcpod.net forward slash 60s Reboot or check any of your classic podcast catchers, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. I, I'm a little tired. I think I repeated myself there. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll fix that in post. Um, check us out uh, at Twitter at 60s Reboot. And check out Randall over at his podcast at the uh, Growlix Podcast, uh, GrowlixPodcast.com. Yep, G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Nobody knows how to spell Growlix, so. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank you, Randall, again for coming on. And Thanks. thank you, listener, for taking some time to listen to this. Holy uh, outro, <laughs> Maddie D-Man. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> Don't use that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hole in a donut. Holy hole. 200, Alec. (laughs) Right, right. what happened to me on that ladder. You mean, Mother's well, a fish, there could be a penguin. But wait, it happened at sea. See? See for Catwoman. <laughs>